You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're just about to start the 20th chapter of Shabbat. And we're going to get into food, into preparing food. And I wanted to remind, begin just by reminding us about a Mishnah in Megillah. Ein ben yom tov le Shabbat ela ochel nefesh bilvad. The only difference between Shabbat and yom tov is human food, or ochel nefesh is hard to translate, but human food, I think, is the best way. In other words, we're going to prepare food on yom tov in ways that we're not going to prepare on Shabbat. That is the difference between Shabbat and yom tov, and so we're going to play with this distinction. And we're going to remind ourselves, going back to the seventh chapter, about the taxonomy of food preparation in the 40 archetypal acts of creation. And we learned the primary labors are 40 less one, that's 39. And then we had a list of activities related to making food. Sowing and plowing and reaping and binding sheaves and threshing and winnowing and then selecting. Selecting comes before tochen Selecting comes before grinding and sifting and kneading and baking. So selecting is halfway through this chain of activity. And as we go through the, as we go through the sort of activities that we're going to carry out on Shabbat, at least the ones which are outlined in the 20th chapter, we need to be thinking about selecting, borer, and we need to think about the Mishnah in Megillah, the difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov is human food. We're going to prepare food on a festival that we would not prepare on Shabbat. That, those two Mishnayot set the scene. And then Rabbi Eliezer begins. Rabbi Eliezer is very strong in this part of the Mishnah. He's very present. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Tolin etamashamerit beyom tov, venotnin la tluya b'shabbat. We can, Tolin means to suspend or to hang up. We can suspend a strainer. Amshamerit is a strainer. We can suspend a strainer on festivals and pour through it on Shabbat once it's been set up. So there seem to be two different activities here. One is actually setting the whole thing up. We're setting up a straining object. It seems to be that this will be maybe something like a sieve, which you'd set up on top of a jug. So if you were going to strain wine, perhaps, you'd set up your sieve on top of the wine flask or on top of the wine pitcher, perhaps, so that you could be pouring your wine into it and sifting out the the sediment, right? Because nowadays there's quite a lot of sediment in wine. So you can imagine, right, with less technical winemakers in the time of the Mishnah, there would have been a lot of sediment in wine. You'd be doing a lot of straining before drinking. So Rabbi Eliezer would set up the strainer on Yom Tov, and of course he'd set it up on Friday, and then he'd pour through it on Shabbat. And the sages say, 
Well, the sages don't agree. You can't set it up on Yom Tov, so you're certainly not going to set it up on Shabbat. And whether that's to do with getting the um, equipment ready, or there's a suggestion in the Bar by the way, that it may, it was, we're erecting a tent. We're putting a covering over the barrel, a sort of a cloth covering, like a tent-like covering. It's not quite clear why the sages object, but absolutely they object. Not on festivals and certainly not on Shabbat. And if it's already set up, we're not going to pour through it on Shabbat. Aval. They make a little concession. They go halfway to Rabbi Eliezer. Aval not But at least on a festival, we could pour through it if it was already set up. So it does seem like setting up here is something to do with getting equipment ready. And we know, we learn from the Mishnah in Megillah, we can get food ready on Yom Tov. So the sage is saying, okay, we can get food ready on Yom Tov, we can cook on Yom Tov, we can strain on Yom Tov, provided that we've set everything up beforehand. And we're going to carry on along the same lines, actually, in a, a, a follow-up Mishnah, which I have to say that we don't completely understand, and the commentators don't seem to completely understand it either. But not nim maimal gabeham shmarim. We can pour water over the leaves. So the, this is over stuff that's been strained out. We can pour water over them. Bishfil salus in order to clarify them. We're not sure really whether maybe we're pouring water over the dregs in order to give the water a bit of a taste of wine or maybe maybe we're we're kind of clearing out the filter maybe the filter's already set up and we're sort of going to clear out the gunge clear out the sediment that's been caught by pouring water over it not sure u msananin etayain basutarin and we can actually strain wine. We can actually strain wine in cloths or in a kfifa mitzrit, an Egyptian basket. It seems to be a basket made of palm twigs. At least that's how Jastro interprets it. We can put an egg in a mustard strainer. Um, the Kalfun actually has Enumlin spelled with a Yud at the beginning, like Yenumlin. And uh, the Bartonura says, he also spells it with a Yud, by the way, Yenumlin. He, he says it's a mixture of wine and honey and peppers. This seems to be some kind of exotic drink that you'd serve your guests on Shabbat. I mean, it sounds rather interesting, really. It's sort of... Um, it's like sweet and sour, hot. It's sweet and sour, pepper and honey and, and wine. So we're going to make amnulin or yeim or yeinumlin on Shabbat. How much are we going to make? Well, Rabbi Yehuda says, but Shabbat, because we can make it up in a, in a cup. Beyomtov, belagin, in festivals in a jug. That's a sort of medium sized jug. Uva moed, that's on cholam moed, on the intermediate days of festival. Bechabit. In a big barrel. And Rabbi Tzadok says, and I think the halacha goes according to Rabbi Tzadok, hakol fi ha'orchin. Everything just depends on how many guests you have. So basically you make 
Yenumlin on Shabbat. And this is just a mixture, right? We're going to make the Yenumlin just depending on how many guests we have. Then we're going to talk about Chiltit. Ein Shorin et a Chiltit. What's Chiltit? Well, here's a. I brought you a little picture of Chiltit actually for a, from an ancient. Uh, it's, this is an ancient picture actually, which has got some. Um, it calls it Chingisa in Arabic. And it, the plant is something called Asafetida. Interesting thing about this stuff is that it is actually a medicinal plant. And if you Google just Asafetida, you'll see an article from NIH, actually, from National Institute of Health, out in just out in the Maryland suburbs, about all the medicinal pro- properties of this Chiltit. And so maybe the interest of the Mishnah is the fact that maybe this is a medicine rather than a food. And of course, we know already that there are restrictions on taking, on preparing medicine on Shabbat if, you know, if, if life is not in danger. And the NIH article, by the way, suggests that it could be used for many, many different purposes. It's, it seems to be a very, very widely used traditional remedy. Anyway, the Mishnah says, you can't put hiltit in warm water. Actually, we learned um, right at the beginning of the tractate, when we were learning about processes that we set off before Shabbat and that we'll be allowed to carry on through Shabbat. We did learn about soaking and pickling vegetables if we just put them, set them going before Shabbat. We did learn, by the way, you wouldn't set them going during Shabbat. So we're not going to soak the chiltit in warm water. We are going to put it into vinegar. The Ainshorintakarshinin, we're not going to soak leeks, Veloshafin, and we're not going to rub them. Veloshafin or time, we're not going to rub them. Aval Tochakvara, we could put them into a sieve or a basket. So we wouldn't actually sieve them directly. But I think when we put them into this basket and just carry them around, the um some of the rubbish is going to just fall off naturally. So the rabbis are going to let us do, in a sort of indirect way, what they are not going to let us do directly, or certainly not with warm water. And along the same lines, we're not going to we're not going to sieve straw through a sieve. We're not going to put it in some. Maybe we've got a high place where the wind is blowing. We're not going to put it up there so that the wind will naturally um, separate out the chaff. But, and again, the rabbis are being a little bit lenient here. So we could put it in a sieve and just shove it into a feeding trough. And avos is a feeding trough. So we, we might take this sieve and just put it in, in the feeding trough. And of course, the animals are going to rub their noses round in it. And they may naturally separate out the chaff from the, the edible stuff. But of course, the animals are kind of doing this off their own, of their own accord. We're not doing it for them. So we're not actively separating. We're not actively um, transgressing the prohibition of borer, of selection. 
on Shabbat, but the rabbis are being generous in allowing us to get into situations where effectively the the borer or the selection is is sort of happening but indirectly. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>